Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 4 of Trail Talks. In this episode, we talk to Zinnia and Cyprian, better known as Bags and Wingspan on Trail. They both attempted a Sobo AT through hike back in 2020 and were forced off trail due to the winter weather. They made it back to the AT this year to complete more miles and then were off to the Rockies as they just completed a through hike of the Colorado Trail. We were excited to pick their brains about all the crazy decisions they made and how they responded to all the difficulties. We hope you enjoy episode four of Trail Talks. Hey, you. Do you know what it's like to hike in Colorado? Do you know what it's like to start the Appalachian Trail in September going southbound? Want to find out? Well, welcome back to episode four of Trail Talks. I titled it episode three. Oh, my brain doesn't like that. Well, it's episode four. Um, We have two guests that are very special to us and that we met on the Appalachian Trail. Last year, they were doing a completely different hike. Um, We are very excited to pick their brains. Um, If it's your first time, welcome to Trail Talks. Uh, We hope that you stick around for this Instagram Live. Molly is yawning because we have just woken up. We tend to just wake up maybe about two minutes before we start these things. Um, So don't mind me too. I just got my second dose of my COVID vaccine. And I can't breathe right now. So let's start. Today we have, like I said, two very badass people um, that we had the pleasure of meeting. They were going southbound when we were finishing our northbound. So we're very interested in knowing all about that southbound hike. Um, They had to get off trail because of winter weather conditions. They got back on this year and then immediately jumped onto the Colorado Trail. So there is a lot that we want to talk about with them. Let's just invite them on. Yeah. All right. If you guys have any questions, drop them down in the comment section. We would love to try to answer them. Let's see. Oh, invite. There we go. Can I invite? Let's see. Do, do, do. There we go. I think they're both calling from two separate accounts. Oh, oh from one account. Hello. Hi. Hello. Oh, you guys are outside. What's up? Hi. How are you guys? Wait, let's go back maybe a little bit. Sorry. Good. How are you guys? Awesome. There might be a tornado yeah. coming. Oh. <laughs> Where are you guys calling from? Madison, Wisconsin. Ah, you guys are from Wisconsin. Okay. I'm from nice. Chicago. You're from Chicago. Nice. How's the weather up there? Um, it's been super super hot the heat index has been 108 jeez yeah this year's been crazy with the weather yeah yeah Yeah, south korea's been i have to move inside but yeah 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 you do you (laughs) don't get hit by one (laughs) (laughs) um so let's just start do you guys want i didn't introduce your uh you guys so do you want to say your government names i guess your trail names i don't know if you went by trail names on the ct but all of that? Yeah. Yeah, I'm Cyprian. I'm from Chicago. And my trail name is Wingspan. Nice. Uh, I'm Zinnia. Uh, my trail name was Bags. And I'm from Madison, Wisconsin. How did you get Bags and Wingspan? Go in there. 
Um, well, we were going southbound, so there were very few people to name us on the trail. So I was like, I'm never going to get a name. And then I would never use my poles for, like, the first, like, month and a half. So whenever there was, like, some muddy logs or anything where you needed some kind of balance, I would spread out my arms, I guess. Mm. And then Zinnia was walking behind me one day. And she's like, whoa, you should be wingspan. <laughs> Can you guys... And how about bags? Yeah. Yeah, okay. perfect. There's a lot of wind, so just let me know if it becomes too much. Um, so I got mine at Shaw's, and I was named by Poet. Um, and so by the time I had gotten to Shaw's, which was like 113 miles in, uh, my feet were completely destroyed because my shoes were a size and a half too small. And so I legitimately couldn't walk. I had Cyprian running all of my errands, like getting all my food for me, and I was just laid up with my feet in Epsom salt. And so I did a pack shakedown just to eliminate any excess gear, like to the nth degree, um, just so my pack could be as light as possible so my feet could heal. And so as Poet was doing my shakedown, he was taking everything out, and I had everything compartmentalized in bags that I had made. Um, (laughs) So I had, like, cross-stitch bags, and I had, like, little fairy pouches, and he was just, like, really kind of put off by the way that I had packed because it was like so <laughs> excess weight and I was like no I don't want to send that home I made that or like that's really sentimental and he was just like get it out calling <laughs> <laughs> me bags um and yeah like Sabrina said there was just no one else on trail and so it kind of stuck Poet is like the kindest but most honest person in the entire world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he told it to me straight. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Wait, like, so what was what was your start date? August twenty sixth. Yeah, August twenty sixth. Why did you guys start so late? Um so we had a very unconventional go of it, uh, in general. And um None of us were planning on doing the AT. None of mm, us really okay. knew what the AT was. Um, I'd never heard of it. Until about two weeks before we got on. Oh, and, wow. Um, yeah, so the kind of the, the short story long, I guess, is we were at a canoe camp um, with the two others that we started with. And um, all of us had kind of had plans falling through because of COVID. Mm. And the nurse at the canoe camp told us that we should get on the AT because she had done long sections of it. And we were all kind of like, uh, okay. <laughs> like, and none of us really knew if the other person was joking. And so it was kind of this, like, <laughs> like you want to do this? It wasn't until yeah. we all got our backpacks that we were like, we're in this. Yeah. Like, it goes very, like, you're doing it, right? Yeah, I'm doing it. Are you doing it? <laughs> and it, it was, sorry, go for it. Did you guys have a lot of backpacking experience before it, or was this, like, your first time? Uh, I, we had both done a backpacking trip in high school, and then I had been backpacking in Colorado every summer gotcha. throughout high school, so I had, like, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I had outdoor experience, but not necessarily backpacking experience. Gotcha. Yeah, I had done, I had done a 50-mile backpacking trip, um, but really did not know what I was doing. Our bags were, like, 55-plus pounds starting. My shoes were a size and a half too small. Um, 12 days of food for the 100 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 12 days of food. I mean, like, I think that 
had we had more backpacking experience, we wouldn't have started the trail. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> um, uh, like, I have, I have so many questions. What was, did you guys assume that you were going to make it all the way when you first got on in August? Did you guys, like, hope that you were going to go all the way through the winter? I did. Mm-hmm. I thought we would beat the winter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the first week when we started meeting people in the 100 mile, they're like, oh, you guys are going to make it by Christmas. Like, before Christmas. And I was like, okay. Like, hopefully we'll beat the weather. But. Yeah, I think, I mean, once you, like, embark on something like that and you overcome so many challenges, like, I thought I was going to have to get off after a week with my feet. And, like, once I got over that hump, like, the more that you – get over which i'm sure you guys know it's a little bit harder to imagine getting off and so Mm, getting on getting on i definitely hadn't expected i don't know i I didn't really have like an end goal in mind just for my own sanity because like Mm -hmm. 2200 miles is like a very ambitious goal um and i just didn't want to set myself up for something that like i didn't really know what it even was so i think in my head i was like I'll get where I get and I'll walk until I stop walking. And then the further I got, the more I was like, Oh, Georgia. That's cool. (laughs) Did you guys have like a why to through hiking? I know you just say it was like a last minute, let's just do it. But was there a reason that you wanted to pursue like a four or five month journey? Uh, Not really. Not not (laughs) for me. Like I remember the night before we got to Katahdin, like, we were kind of writing in our books, like, why? It was, like, very vague reasons. Mm-hmm. And I remember then already, like, we were, like, we want to make it to Georgia, but it's fine if we don't. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. didn't have, like, a very specific, I had very, like, vague, loose reasons as to why. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was on a gap year and really just wanted to, like, pursue something. Um, and kind of like just give it my all you know and I was supposed to travel to South America um and so the AT seemed like a worthwhile adventure and someone that we really look up to had recommended it and yeah I mean PCT yeah I was planning on doing the PCT um, that spring and so I was kind of like had my gears turning in the through hiking world and so I was really inspired to do a long distance hike in general, um, yeah. but never thought that I would do the AT, honestly. Um, but I was, I was dealing with some just mental health stuff and some kind of depressive episodes and was like really just wanting to see what, what it would feel like to go out and like give myself the space um, to just be with myself, you know, and like not have anything else I needed to show up for, but like, wake up and put my life on my back and keep walking and um yeah so I think that that really motivated me to go for it yeah the trail really provides in that in that regard mm-hmm. um did, so you guys started on Katahdin end of August did you start with anyone and also did you like meet up with any other sobowers in the first like few miles um yeah, we so we started with Aster and Lucas, uh, who were two other camp counselors at the canoe camp when we decided to go. And then our friend Willow um, from high school, 
who lives in Vermont. And so she came out for the first, I think, two weeks or so. She was just planning on doing the beginning section um, because she had other, uh, I think she had a nannying gig. So she mm. just did what she did. But, um, yeah, it was sparse out there. Like, we really, really relied on the companionship of one another getting out there and just being like, we're really late to this. <laughs> <laughs> we met one, we met, like, two Sobos. Like, never saw them again, kind of, for a long time. Yeah. And then we didn't know what Katahdin was. Yeah. You guys had to be the last, the last Soboers that we saw going northbound, right? I think so. We saw we oh, saw no, the guy that started the day we summited. Yeah, yeah. The the guy at Katahdin Stream was going southbound on October eighth and I was like, You're insane. But um <laughs> But yeah, you guys had to be the last ones and we were so when we came across you guys and you were like just yeah, we're going southbound, we were like huh? <laughs> We were like, Oh, okay. Did you get that a lot? Did a lot of people just kind of look at you like very confused in Maine for starting it when you did? The man that checked me in, uh, the park ranger at mm. uh, Baxter State Park, wrote Nobo on my car. I told him, like, he's like, so what way are you going? And I said, southbound. And he just, like, w he just wouldn't get it. And I looked at my car, and I was like, it said Nobo. <laughs> um, and I think that's when it really clicked that, like, people that knew what was happening were, like, kind of uh, put off by what we were doing. And then we met some construction workers, like, the second day. Mm -hmm. And they were just kind of like, good luck, you know? Like, <laughs> like, good luck, but, like, it was, like, a really loaded comment where they just didn't want to even, they just didn't even want to engage with us at that point. And they were like, like something will get them, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. 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 So you said you didn't even know what Katahdin was. What was hiking that mountain, like, right off the bat, like, for you guys? Yeah. <laughs> It was awesome. That was a really fun climb. Um, yeah, I didn't have this, like, anticipation of it being super mm -hmm. hard, so it was kind of just, like, a, a day hike. Like, I didn't yeah. have this, like, built-up anxiety about it or whatever, like, excitement. So we didn't actually know that you needed a permit to get into Baxter. And so when we showed up, there was, like, this long line, and we were just, like, kind of screwed at that point because um we were just like gonna be on a cancellation list or whatever if someone didn't show up and we were like oh you know we had made it all the way to like the boonies in Maine and couldn't get in <laughs> and so we were we didn't know what Katahdin was to the point that we said okay so if we don't get in we'll just bypass Katahdin I was like what's the big deal and so we were just gonna ask <laughs> Katahdin wherever we could wherever we could like find an entrance because we didn't know what it meant um so we were pretty, we were pretty lucky to have gotten in because I mean I wouldn't have put it past us to have started like you know 10 miles short of Katahdin. How was um how was the 100 mile oh I'm sorry go. I was just saying it was a really windy climb like mm -hmm. I, I remember we probably ran into at least like eight people who were like oh it's too windy to get to the top like we're turning around and we're like we're getting to the top. Yeah. And then we ate Thai food at the summit. We packed nice. out Thai food. That's not bad. What was the 100 um, mile wilderness for you like? Did you know what it was going to be going in? Was it easier? Was it harder? So for me, it was like, it, it was probably one of the harder parts of my entire hike. Um, 
because of my shoes. Like I had like probably 15 blisters covering my shoes, uh, covering my feet <laughs> and like hobbled out of the hundred mile wilderness, like bowing at the highway. Um, and we had some really, really intense weather. We had like the, eff- the effects of a hurricane. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were pushing way, way, way too big of miles. We did like three or four twenties. Um, and you know, had 12 days of food and just, yeah, did not ease ourselves in at all. Um, and I, I definitely paid for it. Like it took a toll on my body and mentally I had some pretty hard days. And because a lot of northbounders said it was flat. Um, but for us starting out, you know, being from Wisconsin, Wisconsin, I was like, this is not flat. <laughs> so I kept being like, take, like taken aback by this like bad, uh, bad advice from the Nobos that it was just like going to be a smooth sailing. Yeah. But, well, I, I think that that first half for you guys probably was pretty nice. It was probably yeah. not super intense. That second half though. That second half just like beats you up. It's just up and down for no reason. <laughs> the day the day it started to get bad terrain wise is the day I went four miles the other way. <laughs> oh, like, no. uh, like we all kinda had like different start times that day, so I was like, Oh, we'll all catch up and I walked four miles the wrong way. I didn't have gut hook at that time, so I couldn't check. <laughs> and then I only found out because I ran into the other Nobo we had camped with. And she's like, Why are you here? You're Sobo <laughs> <laughs> And I had to walk four miles back and then start. Oh someone in our tram, someone in our tramley in New Jersey. Um, did you guys have uh, a sign? It's it's a random part, but a sign that said Buttermilk Falls. It would have been like right after we saw you in Jersey. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, we all stopped there, or no, we didn't stop there. We were going at a separate time, but they saw Buttermilk Falls. And somehow they walked around for like four and a half miles and ended up at the same exact sign. And they said it was the most disheartening thing they have ever done. So I can imagine <laughs> going backwards is pretty frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Zinnia, did you intend on filming the hike? Like, did you have the intention of like making it a project or is it just you were just documenting it and then you're like, I'm gonna turn this into like a YouTube series. Yeah, so I originally was just like filming very sparsely, uh, didn't know how to work. I had this like little camera, didn't know how to work it at all. Um, and just kind of like bought, I think I bought it on the way mm-hmm. across the country. Um, so I had no plans of like what was gonna come of it. Um, and I was like, yeah, I was just documenting here and there. Um, but when I got to Shaw's and had that pack shakedown, poet told me to send my journal home. And so I sent that home, but, um, like felt like a really important part of my day was reflecting. And so I was like really at a loss of what to do with myself when I didn't have the pen and paper. And so I think that that's what kind of initiated me documenting more for myself as a sake, like for the sake of having like a digital journal um, until I got my hands on another uh, paper journal because I just couldn't do it. Um, 
but then I yeah then I think I just started filming here and there and there were definitely like there were definitely chunks of like a week or like a week and a half you know where I just like didn't have anything and um if I had intended on making a series would have been a little bit smarter about the way that I filmed it um but it was yeah it was kind of like an after an afterthought project of like okay I have this and we'll see what I can do with it yeah very yeah cool. very cool I just I'm just intrigued by the different people who get on trail and document it and like what their reasons are for it nice uh, so when did the honeymoon phase end? Like, usually you start out and it's like this brand new thing. You're so excited. When did that start to wear off for you guys? Or did it wear off? Um, probably after Vermont. Like, at the end of Vermont. It's like, we had all these crunchy leaves everywhere on the ground. It's like, <laughs> just the sound of the crunch all day. And you would have, like, all these leaves stuck on your mouth. And you have to, like, get every other few steps. <laughs> That was the breaking point. It was the crunchy leaves. <laughs> Seriously. It was no, like, I can imagine. <laughs> like, Maine, New Hampshire were awesome. Vermont was awesome. And then it started to get hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say, for me, it was the mid-Atlantic states. Um, like, I definitely had my some of my most challenging days in Maine. Um, and then New Hampshire was actually, like, a highlight. I think that mm. that's when we got started to get our trail legs and really like understood what to do like resupply wise and had a little bit better of a grasp of like who we were on trail um and then by yeah Massachusetts it was like the sun was starting to set by five um and it was just it like it kind of took a turn for the worse for me and I really had to hold on um there was no like it was just deserted like there was no one else on trail and like me and sip are really good friends and it's like you know we have like a really good hiking companionship but when there's only one other person like if they're struggling there's like nowhere else to go you know and um yeah and so it was just like dark it was super super gray it was raining all the time and the terrain is still hard enough you know that you have to get up and work for it and I just remember, like, I think one of my, like, truest hiking moments on the AT was realizing, like, sitting on a boulder, when was it, Connecticut, Mm -hmm. and being like, I have come too far to quit, and I have way too far to go to keep going. Mm -hmm. And just, just, like, sitting there, and just, like, what do I do with myself? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, yeah, like, I think we just had a very, very dynamic hike in the way of, like, winter chasing us like it getting continuously darker less and less day hikers like you know no trail magic and so and it was frustrating because i was expecting it to get easier as the train got easier Mm -hmm. so i was like it's supposed to be getting easier but it was just getting harder totally we did we did have like a sobo bubble like at the end of vermont i want to say like with Mm -hmm. like 12 of us they're like off we were hiking like a week and a half or two together and then yeah well two of them were trail runners so they were like yeah (laughs) and one one guy named peter you guys might have met him but we like always said goodbye to each other because like this is the last time we're gonna see each other and we always like 
hiked a little bit faster, so we were ahead, but then we would zero for like a lot. (laughs) 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 And run into him. And we're like, Peter. So it's like, we saw him, we saw him a lot. We we hiked with him quite a bit. But I think, like, I mean, we had, we had like kind of a bubble for, yeah, maybe a week. But it honestly made it a little bit harder for my for me because we were exposed to that sense of community. Just it got taken away. Yeah, like just got the taste of like, oh, I can see how helpful it is to actually have that support and like the group dynamic of like a little bit more motion, you know? And like, um, yeah, I think that after having that and then having that gone but still having, like, what did we have at that point? 1,700 miles to go. It was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This, yeah. this is, like, we got to work for this if we want it. Okay. We didn't have the same, uh, or it wasn't as dramatic, but when we first got back on going northbound, we went, like, almost 250 miles without seeing anyone except for our little trampoline. Yeah. And when we got to Hot Springs, North Carolina, we went into Laughing Heart Hostel and there were like seven or eight other thru-hikers that all walked in at the same time. And everyone said the same thing. They were all like, wait, I'm not alone on the trail. And yeah. it was this, it was just like the first sense of like, oh my God, there's people on this trail. It was such a big morale boost. And for us going northbound, we just kept seeing more and more people as the hike went on. So I can imagine seeing less and less people being a big deterrent. <laughs> I want to backtrack for a second. You said that New Hampshire was a high for you. And I remember you telling us a story about hiking up a waterfall barefoot, I think. I don't, I don't remember the context at all, but could you retell that story of what was happening? That's all you got me to. Um, so we were going into the Whites. And I remember, like, October 1st. of the very, very, very few... Uh, things I researched about BAT, I remember one of them so specifically was like, be through the whites by October 1st. Mm. And so I was kind of, I kind of had that in the back of my brain. And of course we didn't. Um, and so it, yeah, I think we started them October 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, we were going in and it was like bad weather forecasted for the entire week, but like I don't know, seven days of bad weather. And so it was kind of like this thing where it was like, it wasn't worth it to take a zero or to wait it out. And waiting it out a week was like, just kind of like unavailable in our itinerary. Yeah. (laughs) So we just packed like a couple days extra of food. We had like eight or nine days of food. And that's another thing that they say when going into the whites is take, like do your most um, like minimalistic uh, resupply because mm-hmm. you just got your pack to be heavy. And of course, we're like putting out our packs like the heaviest, heaviest they've been. been. <laughs> at that point, it's like nine days of food, but nine days of food at After like hiker at what you're eating with hiker hunger. So it was like, it was insane. And so, yeah, we get up to Mount Washington and Astor and Lucas were, I don't know, maybe an hour behind us at that point. Because we they just, were doing all the peaks. Yeah, they were like mm. the, um, the side trails. And I was like, I'm not doing the peaks. This is like the <laughs> one time that AT decides not to go all the way up. And, <laughs> um, and so we were trying, I don't know, we were trying to get like all the way over and then below tree line again. And we were super eager to get to the, um, 
the snack bar. So me and Cyprian are like busting, you know, to get up, <laughs> to get up to Mount Washington. We're like to get to the snacks, to get to the snacks, and yeah, <laughs> and it's the one day that the snack bar is closed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we're sitting there like dirty, like drenched, and like cutting up our cheese and sausage, like lighting our stove, like so beautiful sad. weather though the whole like the whole way up to. Mm-hmm. Like, up until actual Washington, where we want to have the views, it was beautiful weather. Yeah. And then when we got up, it was, like... And then, so the weather starts rolling in, and I'm kind of, like, we still have, like, five, six miles to get below tree line, and the weather's, like, coming in. I don't know, it was maybe four by then, and, like, at five or six, the weather was supposed to hit. And, and so we're, we're waiting for... Waiting for Astor and Lucas. And so eventually, we just texted them, and we were like, hey, guys, we're going to start making moves, because... The, the weather doesn't look good and we really want to get below. And so we start heading down. And by the time we had gotten to um, Lake of the Clouds hut, which was closed at that time, mm-hmm. there was just like no way where we were going to make it <clears throat> another three or four miles. And so we kind of had to like make a spur of the moment decision about how we were going to take shelter. So we were thinking about going into like the, that emergency room in the hut, but it was like flooded and, and like there were rodents everywhere. Oh yikes! So we cut down a side trail, kind of right by the by the Lake of the Clouds hut, and just found some like stealth camping in bushes. Uh huh. And set up like a couple hundred, like I don't know, it's maybe maybe half a mile um, down. So just at at tree line, you know, these puny little trees. Our tent is like at <laughs> like at their height. And just as we finished setting up our tents, like, one of the biggest storms I've ever been in just, like, rolled through. And um, the, the tent was, like, collapsed on us. And oh, no. tent completely flooded. Like, we woke up with, like, two inches of water underneath. It was, like, it was a, water like a water bed. Oh, and oh, I wake up and I look at Sabrina and I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> to my left. I'm just hearing, like, this massive rushing like you know like what you don't want to hear outside of your tent and so I put on my what I called my super suit like all of my rain gear I'm like geared up and I go out and sure enough this like side trail that we had taken down um was a dried waterfall and so after like 13 hours of downpour the trail that we had taken half a mile down had become this like I mean majestic beautiful but terrifying waterfall that we were now you know below and needed to be above (laughs) and my tent was like super soaked and flooded and so I'm like Sabrina I'm packing up like (laughs) we gotta go I'm not sitting here and so we just like yeah we put everything away and I mean like the ground was just these lakes and so that's when we decided to go up the waterfall barefoot because we needed as much traction as we could. Um, it took a, like an hour. Yeah, it was quite an excursion. And so Aster and Lucas had a dry tent, so they ended up zeroing that day. And that's how we kind of split off. Um, and then weather-wise, like they were just like half a day behind, you got it. Half a day behind us. Um, but... Yeah, so we decided to keep on going, and so <laughs> it was just like, you know, like, hand, hand, foot, foot, up this waterfall, and 
it was beautiful. I mean, I think it was one of the the prettiest views we saw all of trail, but it wasn't, you know, without some terror. <laughs> I feel like we went up enough. We went down it, but was there another waterfall in the lights? I feel like going down not Moose Lock is a waterfall. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, so actually, another quick uh, side story. On Gut Hook, on Moose Lock, there's a. Um, so going down for you guys, going up for us, you follow along a cascade for like two miles. Yeah. And some people have the audacity to comment, you have to climb the cascade. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> So we get up at dawn. We're we're with our headlamps for like, you know, the first half a mile or so, and then there's like this little place where the trail juts off and goes like over the cascade, and there's a view looking out over the whites. And the sun was rising, so we took that little side trail thing, thinking it was the actual trail. So when we we're done taking our pictures, we turn around and we're like, all right, this must be where we climb the waterfall. So we like turn around and look directly like up at this, you know, cascade and proceed, <sighs> proceed to like basically rock climb up the cascade <laughs> and holding roots, like pulling up. I mean, that was one of the most terrifying hiking experiences I've had because it was super slick rock. And that was, I think, was like an hour for a half a mile again until we realized like, that this there was a peril trail. <laughs> <laughs> so we have quite the track record for climbing waterfalls when we don't need to. <laughs> uh, were there any day hikers uh, going up when you were uh, venturing up that waterfall? No? no. I, in, in the whites, like after Washington, we saw a few day hikers. But not around Musalak. Mm-mm. Gotcha. I just wish, I wish I was a day hiker that day watching you guys. <laughs> I would have been so confused. <laughs> <laughs> we were really confused. We were like, <laughs> and we're like a, a mile into our day and just terribly exhausted. <laughs> did you have a, did you have clear skies on top of Musalak or were you like everyone else where it's just oh, clouded in? That was it, was it was cloudy. We weren't clouded in though. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, we've climbed it twice, and both times we've never gotten a view on it, so. We basically didn't get views for the rest of the whites, so. Like, Franconia Ridge, we ended up doing, like, a Nero to wait out a storm so we could get a clear sky, and the next day it was completely clouded in. Yeah, But, like, an hour after, we descended it cleared up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds like our Katahdin. Yeah, that happens in the north. Um... When did the weather get really cold for you guys? When was like the was it Vermont or when was the mornings you were like, oh crap, it's cold out? It the was, first night. It was below freezing our first night. Really in Maine, really? Yeah. But it went like it was like probably cold. We we got a lot of cold, warm snaps like throughout mm -hmm. Maine, and then gotcha. up until Vermont, like I think what what was the border crossing where we swam? That was like some of the last oh, yeah. warm days. We we had like then, so we had like some forty degree days throughout Maine. Like in early September, it was like below freezing at night. Um, but then we had some really warm snaps where it was like eighties, um, and we were swimming a lot. And then yeah, I think 
like Massachusetts to Connecticut border, we swam in a swimming hole and it was like 55 or 60 that day. And that was like, that, that was pretty warm for New that Hampshire time. It was cold too. Um, but we had like inner spurting, uh, below freezing temperatures pretty much from day one. And then I would say, when do you think it started getting like really cold? Yeah, probably mid-Atlantic states. Like it snowed throughout New York. Yeah. Did you have the right gear for it? Yeah, I feel com I feel comfortable in the weather with what I had. Nice. I was cold at night. Like there were nights I I couldn't sleep because I I was I just didn't have like warm enough gear. Um. But during the day, like hiking was always fine. It was actually really nice to for it to be in the forties for hiking. Yeah. Yeah. But I like just mornings, like because of the time of year we were hiking, we had to get up when it was dark and it was always dark by the time we went to bed. Do you want some of this? Yeah. Um, and so it was really hard to get up in the mornings. Yeah. Cause it would get dark. What? Probably by six o'clock, not even five o'clock. Like by the end, it was like three forty-five, four twenty. like four twenty was the sun was yeah. set. It sucked. Yeah. In the mountains, it would go over by 3.30. Damn. That doesn't sound fun. No. <laughs> so we were hiking every day, like, in the, in the dark for a few hours. Being from Wisconsin, are you guys, like, used, or just being from the North Midwest, are you used to colder weather? Like, like was the mid-Atlantic weather not that bad because you already have harsh winters? Yeah. It wasn't, I, it wasn't, a, it wasn't anything I hadn't experienced. Mm -hmm. And I was expecting it to be cold. Like, mm -hmm. going into it, we knew we were, like, it'll probably get pretty cold. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done much winter camping, though. So, as far as, like, I'm used, I mean, I'm used to it being cold. Um, but I, I'm just, like, a really cold sleeper. And so, that was definitely a challenge of mine, was adjusting to that. And just figuring out, like, I would, when I knew it was going to be really cold, I would, like, calorie load going in, going mm -hmm. to bed. I would just, like, eat, like, you know, Snickers and, like, graham crackers and eat hot chocolate and just, like, really try to load up so that I could burn it through the night. Mm -hmm. uh, when did, when did your hiker hunger start? Like, when did you feel like you were just devouring everything? The end of the whites. I think we were both, like... Starving. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like... The beginning of Vermont, maybe, or honestly, no, I think it was the end of New Hampshire. There were days, like, within the first five miles, he had eaten, like, eight bars. And I was like, <laughs> look, man, you, you got to really rein it in, because we do not. <laughs> like, I felt, like, really scared for him. Um, but I remember, like, being really just, like, super conservative in what I was eating and, like, getting to the point some days where I was like kind of like fading off the trail and being like, Oh, oh yeah, I really got to get some food in me. And it was, it was actually a, kind of like a beautiful realization to really understand that food is fuel and like have mm. that, you know, 30 second switch of like, Oh, I just fed myself and now I have energy, you know? And like to see that in real time, because I think that we eat like to eat, so, yeah. so early, you know, and like, I definitely still, did that but there were moments where I was like no I just need some calories 
I remember, that was really well said. I, yeah. I remember that too. I remember getting to Shaw's. I was starving for the breakfast, but it went away. Like, yeah. I remember thinking I had hi- hiker hunger, but I always went away as soon as I ate a big meal. Yeah. And then I remember, like, New Hampshire, I was just, like, hungry even after eating a big meal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, you guys, did you guys lose a lot of weight, or did you keep the weight? Mm, kind of. Like, definitely lost weight, but then, what, was, like, around New Hampshire, we had a family friend who, like, kind of slack-packed <laughs> us for a few days, so, like, I <laughs> back, spent a lot yep. of time house. But I probably lost, like, 12, 13, 14 pounds. Luke, wow. Luke, I see him, he lost, what, like, 25 pounds? Yeah. 30 Whoa. pounds? Uh, yeah. I gained 10 pounds in the first week, um, and was like, oh, <laughs> this is how it's gonna yeah. go. Um, and I think that I found with with women, that's kind of more the pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once it started getting really cold, and we were, so we started hiking a lot, um, just like as a product of the cold, because we, like it was too cold to sit unless we were in our sleeping bags. And so once we started moving a lot and I started getting hiker hunger, I think, I mean, I lost maybe five pounds by the end of it and like gained a lot of muscle. Um, yeah. So I felt like I felt really strong, but I don't think that like the number on the scale really like, did all that much yeah I remember being in one of the outfitters and there was a scale so like everyone was getting on it it was after the first couple stretches we had done and all the guys in our group were like oh I lost so much weight and I'd get on the scale and be like I weighed the same if not more <laughs> just yeah. some yeah. I've talked to a lot of people who just don't lose weight and they're like if you're losing weight you just don't know how to feed yourself out here which I don't know if it's true because I ate a lot of food and I still lost weight I lost 36 pounds <laughs> <laughs> and you were I was right? literally I was trying to consume as much as I could like mm-hmm. right from the but I remember get the reason I asked about hiker hunger and eating is when we got to Maine and the night started getting really cold again I was freezing like I was just bare bones like in my bag just shivering everyone else was fine but I was dying I was like I'm ready to be off this trail just because I've lost too much weight at this point yeah it's scary yeah yeah there was a lot of like on and off switching coats, like stopping every five minutes to take off a coat or put it on a coat or mm-hmm. take off a sweatshirt or if you're climbing a mountain, you take it all off. And, yep. Yeah. Either sweating or being freezing. There's no middle ground. <laughs> no, no middle ground. <laughs> did you guys um did you guys get any injuries on trail? I was totally injury free until I like, got like had to get off because of my injury. <laughs> the worst. Of- it's like I, hundred mile wilderness, everything was really fine for me for a long time. Like I didn't struggle too much in the hundred mile. And then, I got injured and I had to get off. But was it was it shin splints? I don't. I thought it was, and then it turned out to be like muscle fusion, and it it was a whole thing. Like my MRI is like a whole page of shin injuries. Shin splints. Like- gone wrong like oh way overwatched Jeez. Um, when, that started in new hampshire you said all no. those injuries no my injuries happened over the course of like three days like it was two days after you guys trail magic does when mm-hmm. i started to get shin splints and i'm like this it's because i was like was in pain but i would wake up and i was like totally fine so i'm like oh i'll just wake up tomorrow and i'll be fine and then gotcha. i woke up and wasn't fine and had to walk into delaware water gap like mm-hmm. 20 miles 
and I, my shoes were just so worn that they were like they were just like not walkable so I like switched into my zero sandals and walked the last 15 miles in those and those probably destroyed my feet I couldn't walk in Delaware water gap but I was like I'll wake up tomorrow I'll be fine <laughs> so yeah. then I was like yeah. on and off I was on and off trail for like what a month basically yeah it sucked yeah. I'm I so I started like week one with those um, blisters that like they were open sores and got infected and got to the point basically where I think we took three and a half days off at Shaw's um, but getting in like kind of thought I was gonna have to get off trail uh, and then I'm really blister prone so I just had like reoccurring blisters the whole time but as far as injuries that like actually worried me um I had some pretty bad shin splints and had to take another three days off in New York and then I rolled my ankle really really bad in Massachusetts right before we went and stayed the night at a friend's house and by the time I got to the house um I couldn't walk and like elevated it iced it and was just super stubborn and was like I'm getting on trail in the morning and got on trail in the morning and was like kind of limping and had to really baby it. Um, but I, I think it's just pure luck that it didn't get a lot worse. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I'm amazed by anyone who says that they've completed this hike and like didn't have any injuries. Cause I think I definitely went through quite a few waves of them and, um, it's really hard to like be on that cusp of like what what's the pain level that I'm just inherently going to have on trail versus like yeah. what like what's the point that I'm doing damage and like with Cyprian he really experienced that and and paid for it in the end being like no I'm going to keep walking because I don't want to take a day off and then having to you know in the end get off for good is just like it's yeah it's really it's really hard. How was your uh, hiker hobble in the morning? Mm. <laughs> Waddling all the way down trail? <laughs> yeah, took a good couple of miles. I'd say it was like, it was like 30 minutes in the morning where I was just like, ow. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, Hot Springs, it was our first zero back on trail. And I just remember getting out of our bunks and we were just like, waddling to the fridge <laughs> and we were like oh my god i wish i was a hostel owner just watching all of these newbies like <laughs> literally just crawling to <laughs> to food yeah when when i got back on though um going northbound i didn't have hiker hobble at all and i don't oh, nice. know if your body just adjusts to that level of like taxation or um if i was just drinking enough water or something i don't know <laughs> But it was, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty intense throughout my southbound venture. Yeah. Um, last question before we move to like what you guys did this year. Um, when was the moment you guys decided to get off trail and what was that like? And that must've been a really hard decision to make. Um... So we got to Delaware Water Gap, and then I was like, I can't literally walk. Yeah, you like, didn't have a choice. <laughs> walk to go get pizza. So I was like, I'm going to go back and stay in New York for like five days, and then I'll meet you in Pennsylvania 
mm-hmm. in five days. And then I got back on and hiked for two days and then got to Boiling Springs. And I was like, I can't walk again. <laughs> and then, like, I could only place my foot flat on the ground. Like, I couldn't do, like, the full. It was very, like, I'm kind of lying to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were doing resupplies, and he was like, you're going to need more food than that. Like, in my head, I was like, I don't think I'm going to need more food because I'm not going to be able to walk. <laughs> but it, um, So then my dad had come out to visit. So then I went back to Chicago to be a doctor. And then I was like, I'll meet you back on Thanksgiving. And then I came back. And my doctor was like, you're fine. But we didn't take any, like, MRIs or X-rays or anything. And then came back for Thanksgiving and hiked two days in the Shenandoahs. And I was like, I can't walk again. (laughs) Time's the charm. (laughs) I should probably just go home for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And then had a bunch of MRIs done and turned turned out I wasn't okay. And you guys got off. You guys got off in the Shenies. Yeah. 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 You had a funny story. It sucked. It was like the worst thing ever. I thought my it was like, the world is over. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. Yeah. A month I seem fine. Yeah, yeah. So my, oh gosh, I had, I just kind of had like, a real go of it. Like once he got off. Just wait, um, one more thing. Like I don't think I would have ever gone off if it was an injury thing. Like I remember mm-hmm. being so ready to get go through the stupid rocks in Pennsylvania. I was like really <laughs> excited. I was like, once we're in Pennsylvania, we're like in the home stretch. So I just, like, remember being, like, really mentally ready right as yeah. I got, like, physically injured. But, okay, anyways. Um, so, we started with five. And then um, Astor and Lucas kind of took their own, their own route and did some stuff in the south and took some time off and then ended up doing, like, a little northbound section. And anyway, we kind of, like, agreed that we would miss each other but that we were on kind of different time schedules and that it was better to go it's own. easier hiking with one other person than with four yeah yeah, yeah. I it, it was easier to logisticize and so um then it was just the two of us and i really like we really relied on each other i i would say mm-hmm. like just you know to find some humor in what we were doing <laughs> and what we were going yeah. through um so Yeah, I remember because it wasn't like we were having, I mean, we were having mental struggles, but like we were always pushing through, you know, there was never the conversation of like, are you at, like, do you actually want to get off? Ever. Um, Like we were pretty committed to it, I would say. And so with his injury, it was just, it was like super deflating because we were just like mentally there, you know? And so... You know, but I was like, you, you can't keep going and like, you push this way too far. So go heal. Um, and I was, I was really worried going into Pennsylvania because mentally that was the state I was most worried about. Just like mm-hmm. to go through that in, you know, the time of year with the lack of daylight. And so when he got, he got off at the border of New Jersey and Pennsylvania. And so I was like, quite literally going into it, like embarking on Pennsylvania solo, you know? And I was just like, really? <laughs> Done this like a little later, but um, it was another warm spell. Um, 
of like 80 degrees or something. And my anxiety on the trail came from the cold. And so I think that had it been a lot colder, I don't, I don't know what I would have done, but I was, I was pretty headstrong about it. And so I am, I resupplied and kept going. Um, and just knowing that he was coming back in like a week definitely gave me like the, the motivation to make it to the ne- that next point because I, I, you know, I could fathom whatever it was, 150 miles as opposed to the rest of the trail. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so I headed out and the first day I had like a 20 mile dry stretch and then the next day I had a 22 mile dry stretch and it was just like scorching hot. Um, and yeah, I, I, I felt like I got thrown into the fire with that, but it was good for me. Like I felt like I had this kind of sense of determination. Um, and a real, um, interest in like seeing what it was like to be a solo woman on trail. Like that was, that was really empowering to me. Just like seeing what I had, you know, within me and, um, yeah. So then I saw him again, like a week later and he got on for two more days and then still couldn't go. And at that point, I think I kind of like got into the, into the headspace that I was in it alone. And that if he could get back on, that it would be like a bonus, you know, because I couldn't like rely on something that was going to keep like being injured. (laughs) Um, No, but I, yeah, I just remember like after that, I think I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go as far as I can. And like, as long as I feel like I'm out here for the right reasons, like, I'm just, I'm going to keep pushing it. Um, And so his dad took him home. And I remember he like dropped me off in the midst of like an oncoming thunderstorm and was just like, you know, on these back roads in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania. And he was just like, Zinnia, like, I'm going to Chicago. I could just take you home. (laughs) And I was like, thanks, Philippe, but I'm going back out there. And I, you know, I loaded my pack and I kept going. And I think have like having the, the opportunity to go home, like at my fingertips was, um, just like the, the defining like moment where I was like, no, I really want to do this, you know, because Mm -hmm. I, I can go home and it wouldn't be a hassle. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I, I kept going and it got pretty cold. Um, but I had some really interesting experiences cause I would go like days without seeing anyone. And I ended up with like, you know, these like solo old men in shelter, like, and I didn't have service and it was like 20 degrees. And I was just so thankful for any, uh, anyone's company. Yeah. And it was like this total 180 of like previously having been fear driven and then getting to a point where I was just like so starved for some you know like for some company that mm-hmm. there was this one guy who was like using a birdseed bag as his backpack and had like oh my gosh I don't know he just had things like tethered by, on ropes and I was like in the you know in the Pennsylvania boonies and um I just remember we sat down at this picnic table 
and like shared some split pea soup. And then and then, on the AT. <laughs> and I was like, all right, you have a night. And she's like, yep, you too. And it was just like, it was a, it was like a, um, yeah, just a super important experience, I think, for me in redefining how I, I judge people in all honesty. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Really, it's like you just like fully have to put your trust into humans. It's like, I'm gonna mm-hmm. get into this van with you and go to your home and sleep in your basement. And yeah. Rest like- <laughs> yeah. So sorry, I'm making this really long, and um, it's not even to the end. So anyway, um, my parents came out for Thanksgiving when I was in the Shenandoahs, and he came back out, and um. So I took a couple days off and I backpacked with my dad for a couple days and he got back on for two days. And at that point, my parents were there with me. And so then they had the conversation of like, hey, Zinnia, so we don't really want you to be out here alone in the middle of winter. And I, I like kindly, but very firmly told them that I was staying on, you know, and was like, I understand your concern and I completely validate it, but like, this is super important for me and I've made it this far and I feel super strongly that I'm out here for the right reason still. And the compromise was getting a Garmin. Yeah. The compromise was, um. was which is like pretty easy. Hummer. So um, I did another resupply and they dropped me off. Um, and yeah, I had it back out into the Shenandoah. And I just bawled. Like, I just cried for, like, 20 miles straight. And I remember, like, I remember I was just, like, yeah, just, like, crying. And I was, like, peeing right on the side of the trail. And this, like, woman walked by. And I was, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You have to, are you all right? <laughs> I was, like, no, no. And <laughs> um, I got to the shelter that night. And I was in that, I was in that same position that I was in, um, in the mid-Atlantic where I was just like, I've come too far to stop now, but I have too far to go. At that point, I had 850 miles left and was just headed into the dead of winter. Like um, blizzard storms predicted the next week. And yeah, I was headed up to the priest the next day and it was going to be four degrees on the priest. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was completely alone. My battery was dying, you know, like I, there was no way to keep my batteries um, charged and yeah, it just got to a point where I was like, am I just being too stubborn? You know, like, am I just being stubborn and like really looking into myself to reevaluate and like, what of this is ego driven? You know, like that mm-hmm. was my, that was my mm-hmm. question. It's like, are you doing this because of your ego? And up until that point, you know, like through backpacking with my dad, when I was like, Hey, I'm going back out. I was really sound. And like, this is, you know, like not linear by any means, but I, I'm on like a really healthy um, journey with my mental health. And yeah, so I got to a point that night where I was just like, this is super unsafe. Like in the end, like this is really unsafe and I'm putting my life at risk Um, pretty objectively. And there were three guys that were doing a weekend backpacking trip and they like looked me square in the eyes and they were like, honey, (laughs) what are you doing? (laughs) <laughs> you know and I, it like went it like got me you know and and they told me that um that there were like severe winter storms predicted for that weekend 
and so I called my parents and I was like, can you come get me? Because I, <laughs> I want to see you again, you know, like, I don't want to be dead the next time I see you. And um, so I, I think that it was like a mix of just like the weather conditions being too harsh uh, and the loneliness. Uh, yeah. And then just my, like, my, um, my understanding that if I'd kept going, it would, it would have been for my ego. And so I came home and then I don't know if it was like and two days later, um, mm -hmm. there was like a winter storm that snowed in the hostel that I was supposed to go to next. And I call, I had sent a resupply box and they, I had called them and said, can you forward that back to my house? And they were like, I'm really like, I'm really glad that you didn't come because we can't like, we have no power and we can't get out of here. And I remember you saying a lot, like up until that point, you had like these like goals to look forward to, like me mm -hmm. coming back, seeing your parents over Thanksgiving. And then suddenly it was like winter, it was dark and you had 850 miles of like nothing to look forward to. Like you didn't have any, like no one to see, no more family friends to visit, which you were just going to be out there alone. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you think when you get to the South too, that it's just not harsh winter conditions, but I feel like Southern, Southern Virginia has even worse conditions than like the priest and like the Grayson Highlands and all of those areas yeah. would oh. get really, really gnarly starting in like November. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you got, what was the date that you guys got off? Or what was the date that you left the, the Shenandoahs? Like the I, or the I think I got November 30th, maybe. Wow. Wow. To December. Jeez. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and when you guys got off, was it an immediately like, um, I'm going to finish it next year? Or was it, let's just go home and figure it out? Or what was the thought process with either finishing it or, or just letting it be? I was, I was hoping to finish it, but I wasn't putting any pressure on myself at that point. Um, I was just going to check back in in March, and if it still felt right, I would go. Um, and then if it didn't, I was like, that's all right. <laughs> I, sure, I sure felt a lot of things out there. Yeah, what about you? I was like, I'm totally finishing this trail by August 26th. But it was very... No, I still have 800 miles. Okay. Um, but after, like, getting off trail, I kind of, like, stopped caring. Like, I was, like, really wrapped up and not personally. It's just, like, there's this, like, culture on trail about, like, oh, if it's not a through hike like, whatever. So I was, like, really wrapped up in wanting it to be a through hike And then after, like, spending time off trail, I'm, like, it doesn't even really matter because I suddenly started, like, missing. I don't know. Like, the trail was very present on my mind throughout all of winter. And it wasn't, like, the through-hiking aspect. It was just, like, I missed the trail itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's almost, I feel like I gained a healthier relationship with it, spending time off. And I guess not necessarily making it through-hike. I could always through-hike it again in five years or next year or whenever. Yeah. Did, Cyprian, did you get back on out on trail this year? Yeah, so I was going to get back on and finish, like, when she got back on in my foot. I'm like, what is happening with this leg? <laughs> it was just, like, not getting good for so long. And then after, like, a month in physical therapy and chiropractor stuff and everything, like, I, I went and picked her up when she finished her through hike and then got on 
with the intention just to hike to Delaware Water Gap and then maybe flip down and finish Sobo. But like, I had like school restraints and all these like timelines. So I did. I yeah. So I I got on at the beginning of Shenandoahs and then hiked to Delaware Water Gap. And then in the middle, she's like, "Hey, when you get to Delaware Water." Delaware Water Gap, you want to fly to New York and then we could fly to Colorado and do the Colorado Trail. And I was like, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Like that, I don't think I would have been able to finish because I was on for three weeks from Delaware to Delaware or three and a half weeks. I was like, I don't think I could finish 800 miles before school started. But the Colorado Trail is only um, however many miles and that seemed doable. Do you know how many miles? Four four hundred eighty six, yeah, something like that. And I had been wanting to hike the Colorado Trail since last summer, so I was like, "Yeah, what?" Yeah. And I'm a through hike. I through hike the Colorado Trail. <laughs> right. so I, I <laughs> um, Zinnia, what was it like getting back on for you going northbound? Um, super hard. So mm. I spent. Two- you guys, I'm gonna go pee, but I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I spent the winter in California and um, the day before I flew out I went sledding to like commemorate the Wisconsin snow and the fact that I was going to California it's awkward now that I'm this far off screen and the only (laughs) and I broke my rib I hit an ice ball and I broke my rib and I was going out to California to surf and so I was like well (laughs) there goes that and so I went out and ended up still doing some surfing and then fell um, on a rock surfing and like, did my rib in to the point where like I couldn't really breathe and like couldn't like it was I couldn't surf anymore. So I was pretty stagnant, ended up moving on to this farm. Um, and just as my rib was healing, I went on a run and sprained my ankle Um so bad that the doctor told me I should have broken it because the healing time would have been faster and so that was like a real dent in my plans to get back on um and being in California it was it was really interesting I've just had the trail on my mind the whole time and I was like okay I think it's right for me to get back on come March and come March my ankle was swollen and black and blue so I ended up coming home um and just like going I visited the doctor more than I have in my life I went to physical therapy and I went to the sports therapist and um just got to a point where I wasn't going to damage it more and they were like just be really gentle on it so I ended up pushing getting back on till the end of April or April 17th um and got um ankle high boots instead of the trail runners so I had that ankle support and then I wore like a pretty heavy duty um, ankle brace. And so getting back on, I was, I was really worried about my ankle and that was pretty consuming the whole time. Um, and because of those injuries, I hadn't really moved in about three months and had completely lost all of my, all of my strength from the fall. Yeah. And, and Georgia knocks you. It's hard. Even, you know, going, going yeah. Southbound, it was like after starting in Maine and going through all that, like the South wasn't going to be easy, but it would have been under our belts had we gone in with our trail legs. But starting fresh, it got me. Um, but it felt really good. Like I had started in Maine, you know, like in the fall, 
without trail legs. And so I kind of knew what I do. Um, and yeah, I think it was, it was all around a much healthier experience going northbound, just having like it become warmer and the daylight, you know, elongated and the hostels were open and shuttles were running and there were just people to meet. And it was, um, it was a lot more community based, which is what people rave about when they talk about the AT. And I had no experience with that. Um, so it was really like, it was, it was challenging getting back on, but I would, I would get to the end of the day and be like, today was really challenging, but it wasn't a bad day. Mm. Yeah. You know, like was, um, what was the trail crowded when you got back on? No, actually, I'm really glad. I, I'm not glad that I sprained my ankle, but I'm glad that I had something that pushed me back because I would have probably gotten on with the bubble because I was so eager to have community. And getting on the 17th, I kind of started with the later people. And so I was still in community compared to what I had experienced prior, but never had to like worry about the grocery stores being cleared out, never had to make reservations, never nice. was to get hitches um so it felt very balanced i can imagine going from nothing to everything would have been also just really overwhelming on trail in general um just like having the trail to yourself and then having to share a tent site with 40 other people starting probably would have just not been the best i don't yeah. know I, when, when we started in march we didn't know any better and so we started march 16th with <laughs> Everyone. everyone. <laughs> um, and I remember we got there and we thought we were going to be like a few days ahead of the bubble because back, I don't know, I they, they said that we were going to be. And we got there and we got our tags at Amicalola and they were like, yeah, you are literally right in the center of the bubble. The biggest day. <laughs> um, like there's, I think, 60 something other people starting that day. One number. Like, uh, 1,200. Eight and nine. Eight and nine. I think we were like the last 100 to get the tags before they were like... The next day they sent out their notice saying to get off. So we were some of the last ones to get those tags. And so um, I just remember the first 10 days on trail before getting off, it was just like get to camp early or you are going to be fighting for a spot. Better you'll be fighting to hang your bear bag. Like there yeah. was no spots left if you were too late just for something like that. And it was great. It was great meeting like everyone in those first few days. Like the community is definitely the reason, a uh, part of the reason we got on. Mm -hmm. And I can just imagine like 20 days in that would probably start getting old pretty fast. Yeah. Um, so it was nice to have it for a short period. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, ha I'm happy that we kind of had the trail to ourselves in, yeah. in some regards. <laughs> It made it just so much more communal with nature, I think, which is something I, that I really valued and I'm so thankful that we got to experience. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So There's what was the biggest difference, like going Sobo and then going Nobo, besides the community aspect? What was, were there any other big differences for you? Um, on rainy days, you could never get a shelter. I think that that was probably the biggest thing. Um, and we, we walked pretty late. Like we would get up and going um, southbound, we would, I mean, late as in through the dark, you know, it wasn't actually that late, but um, we could just walk, you know, until whatever shelter we wanted to get to and stayed in shelters 
pretty much every night except for in the whites where there weren't any and so yeah. i like pretty dead set on staying in shelters every night going northbound because i was so accustomed to it and then i don't know i think after like a week because i was so um just kind of set on finding community and that's where people kind of conjugate and so i was yeah i was really ready to find community and then I was like oh everybody goes here and it's a little bit overwhelming um so I pretty much just stealthed every night and would just hike until I was done and hiked pretty late and then would just pull off into the woods um and so that was like a very different kind of daily dynamic compared to like always shooting for a shelter and having kind of like a set mileage goal Mm -hmm. um instead of like I'm tired right now, so I'm going to go right there. Yeah. And that was, it was nice. Like, because you could see people during the day. And then when you were ready to go to bed, you would just retreat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, those campsites get noisy. Those couple <laughs> days we were on, like, you just, people snoring, people screaming, like. The snores. It's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Literally our first day, it was, Zinnia, did you do the approach trail? Uh, yeah, but quick side note, um, I got dropped off to start at 6 p.m. or 6.30 p.m. <laughs> um, never a dull moment, really, on my hike. <laughs> no one else was there. I met no one. And so I'm, like, hiking with my pack. You know, I'm out of breath already. It's, like, Georgia, super hot. And I, like, hiked the approach trail. Um, and then, like, I don't know, maybe a mile in. It's closed. Like, the steps are closed. And I was like, could no one have told me earlier? (laughs) Like, there's no sign. So I turn around. I backtrack. I have no idea where to go because there's no, there's no, like, side route on Gut Hook. So I, like, take this blue blaze and then I hike up the, the road for a while and then I bushwhacked and then the sun went down and I ran out of water. And it was like, I was like, I really wanted to do the approach trail, but I should have gotten over myself and just gotten dropped off. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my but god. yeah, I just the approach trail. I didn't do it. You saw it. You didn't miss much. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I always say, like, don't do the approach trail. Do like the stairs, and then just like get driven to Springer Mountain because it's just. Especially if you're starting Nobo in, in March or April, it's just a mud pile for like seven miles. Yeah. Hard. <laughs> I mean, you're climbing Springer. Like, yeah. Going up. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, yeah, we, we, it was the shelter right after Springer Mountain. That was the first spot we camped. Okay. And we were the last ones there at like 7.30 at night. Everyone was already setting up their tents, getting drunk, doing all their things. And the only tent spot was like right directly behind the shelter. And we're like, okay, whatever. Like, we're near, I don't know, other things. And we go to bed that night, and there's three guys in the shelter literally just snoring. honking away. <laughs> just snoring, farting, everything. Like, screaming. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't sleep the Laying first night. Right, like, like, it's our thermorests are not comfortable. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it, was, uh, it was a rough first night. <laughs> um. Okay. All right. All right. I want to move on to Colorado Trail because I have like a lot of questions for that. So you guys got on the CT in 
when was that july or was yeah, it june july 6th. july 6th what made you choose the colorado trail oh gosh i don't know i'd kind of been hearing about it like I really only knew about the PCT, and then once I did the AT, you just kind of hear about all the other trails circulating. It becomes your world. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I, maybe it was an ad. I don't even know. Like, I had been familiar with it, kind of interested in it, but had no plans of hiking it. Um, and then just saw that we were in the season. Like, I think it was, like, again, two, like, ten days before, and it was, like, you know, the beginning of july is like an optimal time to start and after what we went through on the at i was like hey we could do something right so i texted cipri and i was like i'll buy the tickets if you want to do this like meet me in you know meet me in 10 days and it kind of worked out with him getting to delaware and yeah i just had the itch to move again and um i'm going to college in colorado and so it was like kind of a, an attempt to connect to the land and and find sense of place. Um, yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's just objectively beautiful. I think after the AT, like there's this, there's this beauty to it, but you have to like, I, I think find a lot more like deeper within. There's not as much instant gratification. Um, and so I was, I was just really excited for a change um, to have, views you know around every bend and just be in such a different landscape absolutely um you guys went east to west was that it and it's is a, that is that it's a oh, nice sorry the cdt because mm -hmm. it runs like so you're like i want to maybe do the cdt go hike the colorado trail and then you might have a good gotcha. idea yeah for sure is east to west the more common way to go on the colorado trail yeah, I think so. I don't think I don't think it's as Jurassic as um, with the AT, like northbound being you know the ninety six percent or whatever. But I think it's similar in the way that starting near Denver and going down to Durango, you ease your way in with elevation, um, and yeah, I I don't think that this climbs were necessarily so much steeper like near Durango but just like elevation is like 6,000 near Durango or near um, Denver. Denver and you're like immediately at 10 right. or 12,000 going and it's like a Durango. What, 11 mile climb starting yeah. in Durango yeah wow. Wow. I think if you have hiking experience um, <clears throat> you're fine going either way and it's just like being acclimated to altitude yeah terrain wise what was easier was the at easier or was the colorado trail easier colorado, colorado. trail way easier really, really? Yeah. yeah it's like we we, we joke like about <laughs> this for like the first two weeks but like like we'd be climbing a mountain it would be like a four or five mile climb and we were like on the at we'd be down this mountain in half a mile <laughs> <laughs> The most gradual switchback. So the West Coast trails, I don't want to, I don't know if it's all of them, but um, at least with the Colorado Trail and the PCT, has to be graded 10% or less for mules. Yep. Colorado, or, AT. yeah, Colorado Trails, 10% yeah. or less. And on the AT, there were times where it was 44% grade. 
you know, that I remember so vividly. It's like I had to be on my tiptoes to like physically be able yep. to. Um, so there were definitely climbs where it was steep and, and strenuous and I was over it. Um, they were longer on the CT. Like they weren't steep, but they were, they were like long climbs sometimes. And like a five mile climb at 10% grade still gets you just like in a different way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's something, the, about, there's something about being in the mountains at such high elevation that makes it mentally seem like it's hard. Or I don't know, just like on the AT, you're like in this like tree tunnel, and you're yeah. like, I'm just like walking on this path in in the trees. And then in Colorado, you're like, I'm in these like huge mountains, and it just like adds this aspect of. That was gonna be my next question. Did the altitude like have any effect on you guys doing it? Barely. Um, nice. I think, I mean, I was, I was like pretty worried about being dehydrated. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was kind of anal about drinking water in the beginning. And like, we, <laughs> both of our Sawyer filters are very much at the end of their lives. Like they're from the 18. <laughs> you know, now they're <laughs> 700 miles and they're like a trickle. Like when I'm like, we're both squeezing up. <laughs> like you know like a liter every six minutes and so getting water was such a pain in the ass but it was also so crucial yeah so altitude definitely like i mean i was just out of breath <laughs> it was just kind of, uh, but neither of us i don't think really experienced like we didn't like throw up or have like extreme loss of appetite or hard eating was sleeping. harder like i mm way less on this trail than I did on the ATL. I don't think I had hiker hunger on this trail. Yeah. Mm. Like, I could go um, with just two bars or... Really? Yeah, three bars. I couldn't, but, yeah. <laughs> but how long did it take you guys to complete it? 20. Tw I'm sorry, what, 25 days? Wow, nice. Nice. Did you guys feel like you got trail legs by the end? I don't know if that is like even a thing on a 25 day hike. Well, I was coming right off the AT. So like mm -hmm. I'd done like 400 miles. So, so I, yeah, I kind of felt like I was going into it with trail legs somewhat. Definitely by the end, I just felt strong again. I didn't really mm -hmm. have a day where I was like, you know, I think in the whites I had a day where I was like, I have my trail legs. Like it was just this very like definite moment. And on the Colorado Trail, it was like, you know, the, the day you get off is the day you get them kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but we, I don't know. So on the AT, like, we took 30 days to get through Maine, which is 280 miles, because we took, like, eight zeros. <laughs> and so we were doing big days, but then, like, every few big days, we would take a zero. Yeah. Our body had a lot of time to recover and I think it was really smart the way we did it um because I felt like my body was actually building muscle versus on the Colorado trail we really bombed it in a way that like I don't know that I ever gave my body enough time to like gain the muscle to really experience my trail legs if that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely yeah. um the whole the whole CT looks like it's just picturesque yeah. the entire time um, was there like a favorite part of the trail that you had or was like all of it, it that one day, yeah. you don't know that one day, but <laughs> the one... Yep. Yep. <laughs> there was, there was one day where 
um, like, we woke up, I think it was that super beautiful sunrise, mm-hmm. and we come across, like, two or three lakes, and we see moose everywhere, and then, like, you start descending, I think, like, seven or eight miles, and, like, you're suddenly just, like, surrounded by, like, these canyon walls, almost, and wow. waterfalls trickling down everywhere, and there's, like, wildflowers everywhere. A turquoise swimming hole. And then a, a river, like, comes out from nowhere, and, like, we start going parallel to this river for, like, five miles, and there's, like, the craziest, like, turquoise well, uh, swimming holes, like, every, like, I don't know, like, five steps. <laughs> Literally. Everywhere. I mean, it was just such an amazing day. Yeah. But it all was, like, you kind of become numb to the beauty after a while. Mm. Like, oh, another mountain. It, or... That day felt like everything was grand, you know, like, Everything was super rich in color. The wildflowers were, like, crazy in abundance. And we found a cave. Mm-hmm, there was a cave. It was just, like, it didn't even feel like we were on Earth, you know, for, like, this stretch. Um, yeah, I think that was, like, just the most breathtaking where, I mean, I don't know what it was. Like, maybe our 19th? No. At least our 20th day? Yeah. Um, mm. So it was like pretty far into our hike after we had been exposed to so, so much variation in landscape and beauty. And like, that was still the day where I felt like my jaw was dropping and like, I was not numb to it at all. Did, was there any like boring stretches or was it just pretty, pretty much every day? There was something beautiful for sure. There was a stretch of like 40 miles that was called cow country. That was like the flattest section. Um, but I mean, you can see mountains. And it was so beautiful. Always. Yeah. I I don't I don't think that there's a I don't think that there's like a section that you have to get through. Nice. Yeah. Did you guys have any encounters with wildlife while you were out there? Yeah, we got charged by some moose. Uh, oh. There're like a lot of um marmots. what are those called? Pikas? Yeah, pikas, pikas and mar- marmots and mm-hmm. yeah. fun little things. We didn't see any bear. We saw some we saw a lot of moose. Um it's just so uh, heavily trafficked. There's not, like, I don't, I don't think that there's, like, so much. And you usually see them yeah. from far. Like, you can see really far into the yeah. distance on this trail. So, like, you often will see the moose, like, really far away where you're, like, they're not going to. Oh, we saw a lot of cows, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then, like, all the sheep. We saw, like, 500 sheep on top of the ridge. And on the mountains, and we're like, I wonder if they're going to get struck by all the lightning. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool. Like, you could hear their noise, the noises they were making for, like, a mile before you actually started. Oh, that's going. really cool. Yeah, it was super cool. Was it awesome, or was it disheartening to see the trail in front of you? Like, to see the switchbacks that you're going on? Yeah. It's a lot easier for me to, like, go great distances when I, like, see the end goal. Gotcha. Gotcha. But then some days I would look on Guthuk, I'm like, this mountain says it's only 0. 0.4 up. I'm like, this is like a two mile. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> 0. 0.4. But usually it's really gratifying, like turning around and seeing where you came from. Mm-hmm, totally. And you could just like see so far into the distance. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, we came from that mountain or that mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sunia, so, did you get tonsillitis on the first day? Yeah, that was not a lie. Um... So, I talk about being anal about being hydrated. I had, like, 
such swollen tonsils I couldn't swallow you know so I'm out there like so terrified of being dehydrated unable to drink water um so I got on trail and I had a pretty bad sore throat and like was having a hard time swallowing but like you know was super eager to get going and so we got on trail and it was like 90 degrees and we're going and I'm just like this is like a it's a road for eight miles like it's super flat and I was just like sip I'm not doing too hot <laughs> you know like, I'm like holding on to my poles and so we ended up just going eight miles the first day and by the time we set up our tent like I had like full body muscle aches like I couldn't talk I had completely lost my voice and couldn't eat I couldn't eat I couldn't yeah. drink water and we're in the middle of Colorado with no service and so um I had met a woman on Facebook that gave us a ride from the airport to the trailhead and she lived within a stone's throw of the first um section and so she had said if you need anything like reach out but I didn't you know I didn't like plan on having to reach out and so the next day I texted her and I was like hey Mel like I'm really sorry I can't call because I can't talk but like is there a doctor nearby? So she ended up actually coming and getting me and like, wow. it, like completely saved me in the beginning. Um, and they tested me for mono and strep and I was negative for those, but the doctor was like some very odd guy that was, he was like, an emergency room doctor. Yeah. He was like, yeah, you'll be fine. Get back on trail. Mm. <laughs> but, like, you know, don't worry about tonsillitis until tonsils look like yours. And I'm like, so okay but anyway day off and or a night off and stayed at mel's house um who picked me up and then she took us back to trail the next day and i was feeling like okay like i i wasn't i wasn't in nearly the shape i was in when she picked me up um but like that kind of worried me just because my energy levels were so low and like getting back on trail and like putting that much taxation on your body while you're trying to heal was like not super wise but I ended up taking some antibiotics and was fine but that was like a interesting way (laughs) way to start yeah I I call our first three days on trail fake days because our first two days we got on at four and tonsillitis and they were both eight miles and then our third day I don't know what happened but it was some for some reason I thought it was fake yeah. It wasn't until our fourth day that we kind of started getting into the groove. Yeah, it felt like our fourth day we started the trail. Nice. Was there a lot of was there a lot of people going the same direction as you? We yeah. passed yes. a lot of people. Hmm. Yeah, I think that so the Colorado Trail, like I think a lot of people who do have done like longer through hikes, kind of do that like in the summer if they just have some extra time. But I think it's also like the trail that a lot of people start on. Um, and so there's a lot of people like orienting and kind of just like doing like really low miles just to kind of get, yeah, get used to it. And a lot of people segment hike it. So it's broken into mm-hmm. segments. So people will like do sections. So we would like say hi to a lot of people, but I don't think that we ended up really going a similar pace or like, you know how you take a zero and then people get ahead or they take zeros. And so it was just like, not long enough to really find a crew we did meet one woman like for the last like maybe week or so that we hiked with 
Um, and that was really nice just to have like even a snippet of that community. The days flew so. by. Like we would just like talk all day and then suddenly yeah. 20 miles had gone by. Yeah. It was, it's like when you talk all day with a new hiker, it's like the days just fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I know that feeling. <laughs> We're like, I have nothing to say to you, but can we try to find something to talk about? Because (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome. Yeah. Did you guys um, experience any weather? I feel like I remember seeing something on one of your stories about um, hail. Yeah. What was it like dealing with that? It sucked. Oh my gosh, you guys. I I don't know. I would say the, like, it is just objectively beautiful. It is like 100% a trail that everybody should do if they're interested. And yet like going in mid to end of July is terrifying because it's monsoon season in Colorado. And there are like sections of 60 to 80 miles that are exposed above tree line. And the lightning and the thunder and the hail is so real out there. Like it's, the most merciless weather I've experienced in my life. Um, and it rolls in, you know, like within 10 minutes and, or it kind of like lingers all day. So you think you're fine. And then it suddenly hits. Yeah. Like New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah. But we, so we actually had like people warned us that we were going in into it during monsoon season and that we should expect to take about an hour off a day um, and just hunker down, let the storm pass. But we ended up having days where there were, like, 12 hours of just, like, straight thunder lightning or, like, it started at, yeah, noon and would go till 7 or, like, it was just, it was, like, really, really hard to navigate. Um, mm-hmm. Unpredictable besides the fact that it was going to be every day. And so I think that that really dominated my hike and, like, my anxiety skyrocketed and it just, like, took over my brain space because we like we started waking up at between like three and four and like night hiked just to like get some miles in because storm started rolling in at 11 or 12. <laughs> um, and it was terrifying to be above Ridgeline. We got caught yeah. in a lightning thunder hailstorm on top of a 14er. Yeah, on a 14,000 foot mountain. Here's my So dad. what do you do in a situation like that? Like, what did you guys do? Um... We sprinted down a 14er. Like, we we did an eight-minute mile because we were, like, I mean, it was just, like, lightning. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That, I mean, it was, like, I really felt like my life was at risk out there, like, many nights. And there were, there were trees on fire. Oh, sorry, Sabrina. Over. Um. Yeah, there were trees on fire from being struck by lightning next to our tent. And, and like, like, lightning holes in the ground. Smoldering holes. Like, we we woke up one morning, and there's like, the smell of fire, and we're like, oh, someone's barbecuing on a fire road. <laughs> Burning. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so, we, like, the last 10 days, we just kind of, like, bombed it. Like, I was like, I, I can't spend any more nights out here than I need to. Um and that like that's hard you know when you're putting that much effort into into something like that and into the journey to like not be able to stop at the summits and not be able to swim in the lakes and not be able to like take your time when there's so much beauty around you you know not because you're like rushing to like get done first or whatever but just because you're like afraid of 
your life being in danger, like at, at any moment. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, like the the last resupply, we we were like planning on just kind of like somewhat leisurely exiting because we were ahead of schedule and it, they were like the three worst storms of our entire trip. And the locals said that it was like the worst monsoon season they've ever seen. Like it was really abnormal. Cause I was like, why don't mm. people talk about this? This is like not, this is not mentally sustainable for me to be out in. Um, <laughs> it's not, like it's not a common occurrence for them to be that severe. So I would say that that was a, that was a pretty key part of our, of our experience out there. It was like overwhelming beauty and like a lot of fear. Also, interestingly, like there aren't very many summits on the Colorado trail. Like you rarely go to the top of the mountain, but like there's like passes. So it's kind of nice. Like you think you're going to have to climb the mountain and you end up just going over a pass. Unlike the AT. But you are, are (laughs) you are still above tree line for a lot of it. And there, I mean, there are times where it's just like, yeah, you're, you're stuck in the storms. And like, we had a night where it was like thunder lightning right above us. We both dropped and it was like, we just set up next to a bush, you know, where it's like, this is all we can do. And then just hope. Um, (laughs) what was the, what was the ending? Like, did you get to the end and were happy with it? Did you get to the end and wanted to keep, you know, going for more? Uh, the three of us who were all hiking together, were all pretty eager to get to the end. Yeah. I was kind of in a place where I'm like, I could take a week off and then like hike some more. Yeah. I was, yeah, it was, it was, it was nice getting to the end. It felt more like a vacation, like, Mm -hmm. or like a little trip. Like it didn't really feel like you're like you're living on the trail or like that your house is on the trail. It just kind of felt like you're out there for a little bit doing like trip or something yeah. yeah even though it's a huge like 500 miles is a lot of miles but I, yeah i was super ready to get off i mean i was like very thankful and humbled and um had no regrets you know like i wasn't like i i wish that i hadn't done that but like getting off the at was so bittersweet and it felt like so much of myself was just like woven into that trail um and it felt like a lifetime you know like you kind of just have to like drop everything and be like this is this is where every part of me is going to go for like the next you know however long five months and with the colorado trail it was kind of like you could see the end at the start line you know Mm. they were like it was still very much a journey and very like i think had it been my like the first long distance hike i'd done there would have been much more of that sentimental, like I'm woven into this. And not that that wasn't true, but um, I kind of knew that it was just like, yeah, somewhat more of like a vacation than like my life. Um, yeah. A lot of hikers said that it didn't feel, it didn't start to feel like a through hike till the end. Mm-hmm. But it takes like those like, 400 miles to like, yeah like ease into it kind of and for me like community is so huge so like not 
having not connected with that many people and like not stay like all of the hostels were full that was something really interesting on the colorado trail it was like so expensive so busy like you had to call in advance and we're just not used to that after the super touristy Um, like all the tourist towns yeah so it felt like it felt isolating not so much in like a lonely way because it was a lot shorter but just in like much less of of this um familial way like i didn't really feel like leaving my family which i think is like one of the hardest parts of ending a through hike yeah yeah Yeah, i understand that and the at was your first love too and it's hard to compare um, a first love to anything else at least when it comes to trails um did you are you guys any plans for future hiking anything you want to do in the future yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm gonna probably do most of the other trails within. <laughs> my life. I just don't know when. Like we're both going to school in the fall. Yeah. Like there's like this woman we were hiking with. She like was telling us like there's all these like awesome like two week hikes or one week mm-hmm. hikes or it's like you don't have to give up like half like six months of your life to go hike a trail. And it's kind of the idea of hiking short trails like. We were saying, like, the idea of hiking a two-week trail or a one-week trail sounds really appealing. Mm-hmm. It's, like, mm-hmm. taking your time all day and, like, I don't know, just, like, lounging around all day. But I definitely There's have There's a lot of beautiful ones. There's yeah. a lot of beautiful ones in the country. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do, you got, do you guys have any advice for future thru-hikers? Mm, get out there. I think a lot of people, like you know say how do you train and like how do you prepare and it's just like walk like get out like go out there and walk you know and like research on gear and everything but like be really open to just knowing that it's going to be super personal um Mm -hmm. and yeah just be like super open to it and I think gear wise this is like kind of a odd point that I have like I hiked um 500 miles in like a nursing smock and a two dollar skirt that i got at a thrift store and just like the i don't know there's kind of like all this stigma around having like the right gear and i think it's like get good footwear and like get a pack that doesn't chafe but the expense of it i think is super intimidating and is super real but there are so many ways to hike like there's Mm. ways to hike you can hike slow you can hike fast you can stay in a bunch of hotels or you can like just be in the woods and you can wear nursing clothes. And like, I don't, I think that, I think that the thing that I struggled with the most is like the, the blueprint for like, this is how you hike, especially on YouTube. Like a lot of people conform to the same gear and it's wonderful gear, but it's just like not the only gear and it's not the only way. Um, Mm -hmm. So in doing research, like take it all into consideration and then like, let yourself do it as it feels right. That's great advice. Yeah. I I like the Colorado Trail because I feel like we didn't like slow down or speed up to stick around with people, which I guess meant we didn't really have a tramway besides hiking with the one woman for like however long we did. Mm-hmm. But I think it's healthy to find people you're actually hiking with at natural paces versus like... Totally. I mean, unless you really love the people, but, like, I think I've seen on the AT, like, people either are getting injured because they're, like, 
hiking too fast to keep up with people or like hiking way too slow and they're like this is boring there's yeah. like finding people naturally more or less and um one more piece of advice really quick is just like i think that there is like a lot of conversation around like the mentality of it um but just inherently in hearing about like hiking 2200 miles or like 500 miles or like just long distance hiking in general um the physicality of it seems to be like what people think about most prominently um but my biggest struggles were definitely mental and really really knowing that that's gonna happen um and like not trying to avoid it but like letting that be letting that be as big a part of the hike as like the physical um the physical trials i think it's just like the people that know that that's going to happen are a lot more likely to just like embrace and celebrate that aspect of it. And then uh, another, another thing for me, um, it's so hard hiking when you have like this, like, Oh, I, today I have 2,100 miles left. And the next year, like I have 2000, you know, like when you have like the whole goal as like your goal, like, as your daily goal, it's so hard to hike. Like I can't hike mm-hmm. thinking about the whole mileage. Like yeah. on the Colorado trail, I remember really just being like, Oh, today I'm hiking this many miles versus like having that, like, cause the progress seems so unreal when you're like, I still have this many miles to hike. Mm-hmm. So just like kind of like being in the moment of the day to day. Yeah. It's living yeah. as presently as you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Do you guys have any, any other things that you want to throw out? I, I I hate to cut it off, but Molly and I have to start getting ready for work soon. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get it. We gotta go to bed. Um, <laughs> I yeah, it's like it's such a special thing, and I think that it's like just this this like niche pocket um, that is like such. It's just like the community is unreal out there, and also if you, like if you don't like hiking, like don't you don't have to do it. You know, <laughs> like yeah, I, that's true. <laughs> get on, like a lot of people get on. And they're like, I hate hiking. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, just, I'm just yeah. Thank you for talking to us. It's really fun to like look back and joke and 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 don't be intimidated by the age thing. Like I feel oh, like yeah. there's so mm. many people who like don't want to like maybe go out necessarily because they're like I'm too like, too young or like age kind of becomes irrelevant on the trail. In absolutely. One- yeah. I don't know. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you guys for talking yeah. with us. Like you, we went like an, almost two hours. That's awesome. <laughs> um, it's like, it's always so fun talking to people. It's, it's hard to have an experience like we have and be able to connect at home or, or just in general yeah. with other people about it. So thank you guys for this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just Likewise. one, one more thing. Last, I was having dinner with a friend from Chicago the other day and I was like, talking to them about, about FKTs and, like, how cool they are and, like, wanting to do one. And they're like, what? FKTs? You don't get it. But it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> it's fun to connect with hikers outside who understand this little little percentage of the world, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When uh, when do you guys start college? When does when the semester start? Five, like, five days. Yeah. Wow, okay. Oh, like, nice. So summer's ending. Yeah. 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 Nice. Well, Good luck in all your college endeavors. Uh, I hope this semester goes well. Yeah, Yeah. maybe Um, we'll...
about on the PCT. Yeah, we're we're starting it yeah. in April, so come, come join us. us. Oh, so it's like official. Yes. Yeah. yeah we just haven't announced it yet. Nice. Well, you well, just okay. Sorry, we pushed that out of you. Um. Oh, no, 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 you're good. Um, yeah, it, like we're starting April. We don't know what time yet, but yeah, definitely. If you guys want to jump on trail with us, please. We'd love the company. Yeah. We'll, we'll be on. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Well, um, have a good work day. <laughs> <laughs> have a nice night. Have a nice night. <laughs> okay. So right. good to talk. Thanks, to you. guys. Bye. Bye. See you later. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the conversations of episode four. We could have talked for hours with these two, but I guess that's pretty common for through-hiking folk. If you want to join in on future live chats, you can head over to our Instagram, which is at Let's Trek Together. We go live once a week, usually on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you are a through-hiker and want to be a guest on a future episode, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or by email, which is letstrektogether at gmail.com. Until next time, guys, let's trek together.